0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hi, this is Rebecca Buchanan, host of New Books Network, New Books in Popular Culture. And today I am here with Dalal Abu El-Sud, who is the author of Fish, Milk, Tamarind, a book of Egyptian Arabic food expressions. Dalal, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Could you start out by telling us a little bit about um, why you decided to write this book or and put this book together? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, I teach
2: Arabic at the American University in Cairo. And one day, um, while I was uh, going home, I heard this, uh, a very strange conversation, to me it was strange, between two Egyptian students. They, Of course, they study in English and everything at the university. But one was saying in Arabic, of course, how did you do on the quiz today? And the other said, balah, which means dates. And I didn't understand this very simple conversation. And I thought that, oh my, there's a gap between between uh, generations, of course. But how didn't I understand what he meant by balah? And I went home and I asked my kids and they told me, oh, it means bad. And so, oh, really? And, you know, in teaching Arabic, of course, as in teaching any other language, we uh, very much like to uh, ask our students and, and and encourage them to communicate with native speakers their age, and so here I thought that there will be there is something missing. We're not teaching them what they should know. Okay, and and uh, and then I started um, uh, I, I started looking at other I and thinking of other. Uh, food connotations. Of course I know some a lot, I know a lot, but um, I thought that there is a gap and this is not found in any of our textbooks and then I should I, I, I thought that we should I, I should start uh, uh,
1: collecting them and uh, having them in a book. So could you? <clears throat> oh, I was going to say, could you talk a little bit about, yeah, like how then you structured that and put that book together? Yeah.
2: Uh, first, I, I started uh, thinking, and uh, I, I thought that some of the food connotations that I know, I started thinking about them and started writing them down. And then I said, okay, Yanni, if I say, the first thing that came up to my mind was the, the title of the book, Fish, Milk, and Tamarind. In Arabic, Okay, it means uh, fish, milk, and tamarind. Okay, so anybody, I thought that any student who would who knows Arabic and who would read these three words together, he would think that this is a list of um, foods and beverages, for example. But he he would not know that they mean a mismatch of something that does not go together. It could be anything. It could be something in clothes. It could be something in in food. It could be anything okay and so uh, and so i started i said to myself no i have to start collecting all these connotations food connotations and i did some kind of an ethnographic uh, research i started um, observing uh, listening to young people listening to uh, uh, modern uh, movies in arabic and of course pulling out what I have in my head also. And I found that they are a lot. They are a lot of food connotations. And in in all my teaching, in we teach, of course, in Arabic, we teach the standard, the modern standard Arabic. And we also teach the, the spoken. Each one has its own books. And I, I never found any of these uh, in uh, these Arabic textbooks. So I said, no, I have to do this. And this will be like an eye-opener for teachers to include this in their, in their teaching, especially that we are very much concerned with teaching culture. You know, culture and language are two sides of the same coin, of course. And we usually teach food as in, uh, an important uh, topic in culture, um, beverages, menus, uh, and so, but we never teach uh, food connotations. And so I said, no, I think this will be very important uh, for teaching Arabic as a foreign language.
1: And throughout the so the book is not just so you have these food expressions um, and you kind of start out in it by telling us a little bit about the you have a transcription list and a little bit about the sort of sounds that we make and and how you need to make those sounds. Before, So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, it's a short section in the beginning, but it still sort of sets up um, pronunciation for people. Yes,
2: yes. Uh, with the Arabic uh, letters, we have uh, some sounds. Of course, most of the sounds are exactly like English, but we have some sounds that are different. And in order to teach our students how to pronounce them, we first give them these uh, like uh, uh, Pictures, as you said, and we tell them how to pronounce the sound. Where does it come out from? And we start giving them practice about this, so that they can uh, pronounce it correctly. And and this is why every um, every uh, expression in the book has the um, the, the transcribed. Uh, 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 letters so that it could be uh, pronounced, and if some of these letters are not known to uh, any reader who doesn't know Arabic, he can go to the uh, first pages and find out what it is as much as possible. Yani, I try to make them um, yani uh, easy for them. For example, um, the kha sound. Uh, I try to tell them that it's the snoring sound. So if you know, yeah. And I was—I always tell my students why do you put z z z when uh, when you draw someone sleeping. Yeah, and when we snore, we don't say z, we say right? <laughs> yeah. And so, and I try to make it. Uh, yeah, I try to make it a bit simple. For example, the r sound is like the gargling sound. Like this, so that they can read it uh, easily. Yes, and I hope by doing that they get interested in uh, in in knowing how to uh, wanting to learn Arabic. So
1: <laughs> yes, and you have those little images like with the throat and with the letter in them, so it's really showing you exactly where to do it yeah, in yeah. your throat. Yeah. Um. So you also. So the book is not just the sayings there's images that um, go along with a lot of them. Yes. And so can you maybe talk about um, um, the images and how sort of the aesthetic that you were trying to, because yes. they're sort of called co- their color images. It's not black and white. It's sort of full color images that go along with these. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Um, of course, to make it interesting and to make it nearer to the reader, to get the concept um uh, understood better um i tried to uh, an illustrationist uh, worked on these uh, images sometimes um yani we thought that of course i was working with her yani uh, discussing every image that she did but sometimes we thought that we can never uh, draw the the connotation of the connotative meaning of the image we have to pronounce we have to draw the the literal meaning for example uh, kosa which means zucchini uh although this is a delicious uh, dish and we all like zucchini, but uh, it represents, uh, the, the expression kosa means it's, it represents a, a negative societal act, which is nepotism. So how can you draw nepotism? Of course, it's very hard to draw it and be understood. So we draw it as kosa or "khiar," or "faus." Some sometimes, but if, for example, some were very clear that we can write the, and this is what I said also in the introduction that some of the illustrations go with the literal meaning, and uh, because it's difficult to have uh, the connotative meaning, and others go with the connotative meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yes, and so and how many um, sort of phrases do you have in the book? Yeah, I
2: have one hundred. Uh, of course, there are more, but uh, uh, the uh, the press wanted only one hundred, so they wanted it to be any uh, one hundred page uh, uh, book gift book, and so I have right. one hundred.
1: So let's talk a little bit. We're not going to go through every single phrase, right? But let's talk a little bit about some of these phrases. Um, If there's some, um, are there certain ones that you, that are used more often than others? So let's start with maybe some that are pretty, pretty, yeah. You, like everyday use or, yeah. or use okay. more often? I'll
2: tell you a little bit about this. Uh, for example, um, uh, there's one called filmishmish. Filmishmish, the literal translation in is in the apricot, meaning in the apricot season or something like this, yes. And um, this, the connotative meaning of this means that, Yani, um, this will never happen. Maybe because this uh, apricot season is very short, in the year, maybe I mean, this could be the reason. But uh, if you tell me when will you do this, and I'll tell you Filmishmish in the apricots in the apricot, uh, it means I will never do it. Yeah. Uh, th- so this is used a lot. Also, ara, um, uh, you know, ara asal. These are two words, but it me- they mean pumpkin. A pumpkin is ara asal, but. If you take the first part only, ara, it means that someone is fabricating speech, or yani you know, saying things that are not true, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's fabricating speech. But and if you take the second part, which is asal or zeil asal like honey, okay, it means uh, someone who is very sweet or something that's very sweet or very nice, and we use them a lot also. Uh, but each one means something. Uh, Yani, contrary to the other, Yani, not contrary, but this is negative, this is positive. But when you put them together, it means a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, if I say he's sleeping in honey, which is name Fil Asal, it means someone who is uh oblivious. <laughs> okay, thinking of things and so so this is one word, asal, that has yani you know, several uh, when put with other words, it has different meanings. Uh, also, uh, I uh, some of the new ones um, that were new to me was kunafa. Kunafa is a, a very famous Arab dessert. And uh, and when they say kunafa, it means something that's complicated. See, the, it's, the different, it, there, it's, it's totally different. The meaning is very different from the real meaning, the connotative meaning. And so uh, I really like this. And, and the balah thing also... That which, means, which means bad, although balah means dates and dates are very nutritious. And why does it mean bad? I don't know. But if this student had done well, he would have said anab, which means grapes. So grapes would be good, balah would be bad. <laughs> so these are these are the new ones to me. Uh, but the ones that, that that we all know and they are used a lot, and, and all of these are used a lot in the everyday speech. Uh, for example, which means, you know the okra, the vegetable okra? Yeah, and so before cooking it, you have to uh, uh, cut the, the top of it, the, the top, the hat of it, yes. And so if you say about, and this is called uh, and so if you say about something with this means that he's uh, dressed in the nines. yani. Yeah. Yeah. And so things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we use them a lot every day. Uh, just a few ones were new to me and uh, uh, that I have included here. And this is why I'm telling everyone who um, has to have, Yanni, a, 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 be aware of what's going on. What are the new food connotations that are being used, especially among uh, youth <laughs> I did my best. I tried to yeah, <laughs> collect a lot of them, but there are more. Every day there are more.
1: And th- it was interesting because like you said, there are some words that and there's some phrases that kind of in English it makes it, it makes sense, right? And there's some in English that wouldn't really make sense. And there's some that like I do love that um, your term for salad is used to like make a mess, yes. <laughs>
2: um,
1: which I'm like, that makes sense. Right. There yeah. are certain things yeah. that I'm like, that yeah. we should start yeah. using that. Or, or I love how like we often think of, um, like, and then right after that you have, um, ghee with honey, meaning living harmoniously together. So I was thinking that we have phrases like that, that we use, but in English or in American English, we often don't use ghee, right? In an everyday phrase because it's not a food item we use, but we have other, you know, things that we use like sugar um, instead. And so there's certain phrases that make sense or would work together really well. Sure.
2: Sure. Yes, of course. Um, Also,
1: there is um, um, one
2: of the ones that I really like also is um, that when you say that someone is soup, yeah. Yeah, it means that someone is uh, is heavily sweating. So it feels as if he is soup. <laughs> and, so, and this is also used a lot. You say, just ana shorba. Yeah, I'm sweating heavily because of, I'm, I'm feeling hot or something. yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> Which is very much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's old. very
1: much like soup.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and so I thought that. Um, our students have to know these expressions because they will hear, the, they will hear them a lot every day and uh, by old people, by all native speakers, and, and they have to know them.
1: Did you find, as you were doing this and looking, were there certain foods that came up more often that are, right, like, so are there certain foods that are used in expressions more than others? Um
2: Some of them are used more like asal, for example, as I told you. Yani, some know asal, yani, ghee and honey, or uh, like honey, or uh, or uh, sleeping in honey. Yani, okay, there are a lot of uh, expressions with honey. Um, Yeah, um, most of them, um, each one is peculiar in itself. Um, Yeah, so there's nothing uh, that came a lot. I think honey came a lot more. Also, um, um, maybe malh, which means salt. Yeah, it came in a few ones, uh, like aishu um, malh, um, uh, bread and uh, and salt. Yani, if we ate together, bread and salt, this means yani we know each other very well, and we have and we yani. We live together, eating the, the the least, which is bread and salt. Okay, so this means, and also erish malheti, yani if a, a piece of salt came, uh, and I just uh, cracked it with my uh, my teeth, also it means it has a meaning, and so it came in, in a few uh, also expressions, but most of them are uh, a lot of them. Uh, what yani uh, what combines them all is that they're all foods. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Another one that I thought was really um, interesting or funny um, was the you, the phrase in Arabic is "put a watermelon in your stomach." Yeah. yeah. Um, for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. means like you say here, which means like sort of don't worry about it; everything will be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. And this um, is
2: used a lot, yeah, a lot. to Put a watermelon in your stomach. Yanni, the thing is that, how is it related to this? I really, uh, Yanni, we have to start thinking about this. How is putting a watermelon in our stomach means that don't worry about it, Yanni? (laughs) Yanni, uh, the the meaning itself is hard to get, but uh, this is why it should be uh, taught to
0: students. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
1: Yes. And that was one. So one question I had is, so you have this book, you have these phrases and some, at least for me as a, not as a native English speaker, right? Some of the phrases make sense, you know, like are more intuitive and others like this, the watermelon one, um, Like, it's not something I would think about putting together. So when you're teaching Arabic, right, when you're talking with students um, and there might be that kind of disconnect, are there certain things you do? Are there certain ways you can, like, get them to sort of think about some of those phrases um, and and use them more in language in ways?
2: Yeah, usually I put the picture first and I try to... uh, infer what is this what do you think it is how would we say this picture for example appealed banana okay so mozam ashara okay do you think do you know what this means and I would put them I will give them choices for example to think about it try to guess and then uh, we would talk about the meaning and what it means and we try to use it in situations and things like that so um yeah you can make a lot of activities from this book. Uh, also, I used to teach um, an extracurricular cooking uh, class, and so in in this class, I used a lot of uh, of these expressions. For example, when I tell them, especially for uh, beginners, okay. And so, for uh, for example, if I hold a lemon, uh, a lemon, and I tell them "lemon, lemon," and then I told, "Do you know what it means?" To if I say "la fil lemon," yeah, yani numbers are in lemons." Do you know what it means? And I give them the meaning, and we talk about it. And so I think it it becomes fun and uh, engaging and, uh, um, yani uh, uh, yani it breaks the seriousness of the class yani, yeah so I I really enjoy this and and even if I'm not teaching them uh, colloquial. Uh, if I'm teaching them standard reading and writing, you will also find this in the standard sometimes. And I can just give them every day a picture like this. We talk about it and we know the expression. And then I can ask them again and think of situations. How would you say it in your language? Do you have something similar to that or not? And so and it can bring about a lot of discussion and engagement.
1: Yeah, so I was going to say, too, for people who might be teaching Arabic, that it seems as though it is a book that could be used at different levels, right, yes, that you could use it with beginning speakers, but you could also use it with sort of more intermediate and advanced speakers as well, and yes, learners, yes. Um, because there is, like you said, um, you can kind of use these terms as just learning the words, learning how, pronunciation, yes, but okay. then also learning them more in, yes. for in example
2: the peeled banana, which means a great opportunity in front of you. If I tell you this is a peeled banana and this is a great opportunity that you should take. And so if I can just show them the picture and tell them what it is, okay, and I'll tell the intermediate or advanced okay, write me something that I can tell you oh, this is a peeled banana. So they can start thinking what to write, okay? In Fosha, which is standard Arabic, so that at the end we can say, ah, uh, this is a peeled banana, okay? So it, it can bring up a lot of activities. Um, uh, not just the expression itself, but talking about it and writing something that reflects it and things like that. And besides that, it's fun and uh, a bit funny.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, yes. No, I love the images. Um, I wish you could kind of show the image, right? But the images are really, um some of them are, they're very cute. I don't know if yes. that's the right word yes. for them. Yes. Um, but yes, like there's some, and like you said, some have that literal meaning, and some are more um, the expression itself. And so it's kind of fun to see um, yeah. the images yeah. in there as well. Yes, yes. Were there any of the words and terms, phrases that you were really surprised about um, when you sort of came, found them or came to them? Were there any that um, aren't used a lot, but um, that you, you thought were important enough to put in the book? Um,
2: um, most of them, as I told you, are used a lot, uh, but the ones that surprised me were the ones, the new ones that I didn't know their meanings, like balahan, dina. And also uh, uh, one like kofta, which means like um, oriental meatballs. It's, it's not meatballs exactly, but it's the same concept. Yani. And so kofta, if you say about something, kofta it means that this is sloppy work. Yeah, and so Yani, these new ones—they surprised me really, and I was glad to know that what they meant. I I heard them, but I didn't know really what they meant until I, I heard this conversation, and I didn't understand what he meant by saying balah Did he do well or did he do bad? And so uh, this was the, the 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 point that made me really uh, want to uh, start this book. Yes. <laughs>
1: So you have this. So so you have this book that is useful, right? So you know, like we talked about, like you could use it as in teaching, but it's also a book that you could use, um, or someone might just enjoy if they're interested in languages or they're interested in knowing sort of. So it has all these sort of different um, uses. Are there is there an audience? Are there like do you have? A wish, maybe I don't know if that's the right word either, like a wish for sort of how this book is used or or the different ways that this book. Um, is I, used. Well, let me tell
2: you I also I also think that this book would be good for heritage students who are living who are living abroad. They need to know this culture. Maybe they can speak Arabic a little bit with their uh, parents, but they don't know what these uh, expressions mean. And so I think this would be good also if they go through the book uh, every now and then and and read about them and uh, and know them. I think this is very good. Also for uh, new teachers, uh, we have a program uh, for uh, an MA program for uh, teachers and prospective teachers who will be teaching Arabic as a foreign language. And so they would also, would be aware that okay, there are we can t- start teaching things like that. Culture is very important, and to make to to make students communicate well with native speakers, they have to know their their language and their, and how they communicate. And this is one way to insert some cultural expressions into language, and so this is very important. Yes.
1: So you have this, so you put this collection together. Are you working on, and this is like, I I thought it was really interesting because you could do colloquial language about kind of write anything, but you really focused on food. Um, Are you thinking about a new pro? Are you looking, thinking about doing other projects or other things similar to this? um, So like my, you you know, usually that my final question is kind of like, what else are you working on? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. well, I've been working on
2: articles and editing books at, can you know, something academics. Well, like, but the fun things, is, I'm I'm thinking of um, uh, working on uh, um, also uh, productive skills and using uh, uh, short stories. But in um, uh, I draw the I drew the most important events of a short story. I can show you if you have the time, uh, and then I make students, especially in the elementary, who who need to know this culture, but the the story itself is difficult for them to read. But we can look at the events in the story, and we can um, uh, talk about it and know the main uh, what happened in it. So we can have a general idea about the story. So I would be addressing elementary, intermediate, maybe students. Uh, who can look at the pictures, very, very simple illustrations that I do myself, Yanya. And um, and uh, they reflect uh, or represent uh, uh, short stories in Arabic. So I'm shā'Allah I'm going to work about this uh, new book. I hope it will be good.
1: <laughs> yes. And are short stories in Arabic, do they have a different, um, <laughs> I have to ask this since you brought this up, is it sort of a, you know, like in the, in, in English, in, when we write a short story, when we talk about short stories, we have sort of, like you're talking about like a diagram that diagrams how the story, the action, yeah, course, you know, yes. the plot, the yeah, falling action, course, rising it's action. It's the same thing. Is it, Okay. Yes, sometimes, course, right, stories thing. are just sometimes it's a different way in which we structure, think about a story. So it's that same kind of thing, of course, but looking yes, at it through thing, the
2: settings, uh, uh, characters, plot, uh, everything. And, uh, and also, um, um, they include a lot of culture, of course, as you know, so we can speak about culture through the stories, uh, through these short stories, and so I'm planning to choose about, I've already done some, but you know, uh, I'm looking for more short stories that are um, uh, that include a lot of culture in them, and that can be um, easily um, represented by uh, by uh, illustrations and very uh, like stick persons or something like that. But a bit colorful, yeah. And so I think this will be my next uh,
1: book, inshallah. Well, thank you so much, Dal, for talking with me about Fish, Milk, and Tamarind, a book of Egyptian Arabic food expressions. Thanks for um, talking with me on New Books Network.
2: Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me and I'm really delighted. Thank you very much.